0: Hi, this is Alina Kanner and Megan Barrington, and you're listening to Move Your Brain, Move Your Body podcast, where we dive into all the things health, wellness, and fitness.
1: We are two certified athletic trainers who met and graduated together from the University of Arkansas, and we wanted to do this podcast to spread our joy about treating our bodies well through nutrition, exercise, and knowledge.
0: Today we'll just be doing an introduction to who we are so that you can learn a bit about the both of us. Um, I'll start first. How and when did you get into the health and fitness world?
1: Um, Well, I've always been kind of a nutrition nerd because my mom was a dietitian when I was growing up. So I was always kind of inadvertently learning how to eat healthy. And I got interested in it more when I was an athlete in high school. Um, when I was in college, I got interested in weight training and running, and then it just kind of grew from there. I ended up getting friends that were more interested in it than me, um, and I kind of learned from a bunch of different people and started researching on my own and just became obsessed with it. Also, sidebar, I'm walking my 12-week-old puppy right now, so <laughs> if anyone hears me yelling at him, that's why. And he's super cute, and he's a baby <laughs> golden retriever. And- yes, so... <laughs> All right, how about you? When did you get interested in health and wellness?
0: Um, Well, I grew up as a gymnast, so I think part of being a gymnast is having to kind of care about your nutrition at a young age and learn a little bit about fitness. Um, And after gymnastics, I ended up just really wanting to learn a lot about the body and injuries. And so, of course, we met in grad school, both becoming certified athletic trainers and with the knowledge you gain from becoming a certified athletic trainer, I thought it would be very important and vital to my own health to learn about nutrition. So I dove into nutrition, um, learning a lot about how to strength train properly and also learning about how nutrition can be uh, extremely important when you are trying to you know, become the best that your body can be. Um, we actually did that bodybuilding show together. And that was like my first real um, dive into nutrition. And that was about the time when I started counting my macros and just starting my whole adventure into health and fitness and nutrition. Um, Yeah. So it's been a long journey since then. That was a few years back. And I think we've both grown so much since that time period. We did that, what, 2016? Um, Yep. So it has definitely... It taught me so much and I use a lot of what I learned, but, um, I've definitely have grown so much since then. Um, yes. Yeah. So what is something that you do in your life right now that makes you very happy?
1: Um, well, it's kind of twofold. So I personally, I was realizing this the other day, um, because (laughs) admittedly I tend to get stressed out when I can't get into the gym, even if it's for just like a half hour, I realized that for me, that's like my self-care. And I think personally, I think self-care is so important in being able to actually be successful in anything for yourself, but also in being able to provide and serve others, Um, which is the second part of the twofold is I really love and thrive when I can help someone else feel more confident in their own skin and want to spread health and wellness forward and that honestly goes way past you know body composition or even like sports performance but really just like overall well-being and just being content and happy in your life with what you have um, and i think that movement and just treating your body right through nutrition and exercise um can really kind of set a good base for all those
0: things yeah i totally agree with that 100 i love that mm-hmm. how about you so, I'd say right now, what makes me happy are just the little things in life, just being thankful for the things that you don't realize are those moments in your day that matter and that will matter in the long term. So, I keep like a gratitude journal and I always um, notice that what I'm writing down tend to be these very little moments. So, for example, the other day I went on this like beautiful bike ride um, and I realized like, the highlight of my day was like just feeling the wind on my face. And I think that is something that people just brush over. They don't realize that those little moments actually really build up and matter. And if you f- can focus on those little moments in your day, all the rest of the things that you stress out about, like what you're wearing or what you look like, or if you had the wrong outfit for a party, or if you just didn't feel comfortable in your own skin one day, I think those little moments actually make all those stressful moments um, a lot easier to manage. So that's something that makes me happy, just remembering why I'm thankful for things and always just thinking about that, especially during those times of stress, because I can definitely relate to being a stressy person. (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah. well I mean that just goes to say like being intentional and present, because that's pretty, I mean, It's difficult as a millennial because we're all attached to our phones and like we depend on them for so much. But also where you live, which we'll get into later, is just I mean, it's so hard to be present because you constantly have to be like on the alert and responding to things rather than like providing or just literally just being present in the moment and kind of taking it in without, you know anticipating anything or interpreting anything even, just being there.
0: Yeah, I, I really agree with that. I mean, me and you talk about this all the time and it's just, we see it every day. You see people walking down the streets, they're always on their phone. You see people at dinners with their friends, they're always on their phone. They're always worried yeah. about what's coming in on their Instagram and like Instagram is a tool, but like taking detoxes from those uh, social media platforms, it really helps, like you're, you can become more joyful without that Um, and I think that that whole idea of just being present is something that I definitely think this generation is lacking and it's something that we could learn from our grandparents because they were a lot happier. (laughs) so
1: <laughs> my grandparents actually funnily enough they will email me <laughs> instead of calling me typically but it's because they have an ipad and they think it's like the coolest thing ever That's the best. but yeah i agree i agree completely they still don't know how to do anything but the basics oh my
0: god so, well, my yeah, dad it's only refreshing got, my dad only got the iphone a few years ago and he's still so funny with it like he was using you know the normal like flip phone for years and when yeah. he first got the iphone it was like almost like a culture shock to him. And we always joke about it because it's funny because he's probably the happiest person I know, honestly. And, um, he doesn't rely on that. He doesn't even rely on it to grow his business, which I think there's so many positives to Instagram and to utilizing those social media platforms to grow your business, especially now in this century that we're in, but it doesn't need to be an obsession. And I think, we see a lot of people that, even if they are using it as their platform, as their business, it just has become, it's so consuming. And that that can really take away from your joy. So, I think. agree, Yeah, that is important to remember. Um, All right. Okay, so what are you currently doing in your career? So, I work in New York City and Long Island area. Um, I'm from Long Island, and I work as a movement coach. Um, I like to call myself a movement coach because I think it encompasses more than just a personal trainer. So we both went to school to become certified athletic trainers, which makes us um, health professionals on treating injuries and doing rehabilitation and helping athletes get back to play um, when they've hurt themselves. Um, And I think the idea, I work one-on-one currently with clients and I also do group classes as well, but I think... Calling myself a movement coach, to me, it just encompasses the whole rehab, um, teaching people how to move better, so that they can combat life and the stressors they have outside with, throughout their day. Um, I don't. I definitely like to say that I help mitigate injury because you can't prevent an injury. That's just not how life works. Um, and a lot, of, a lot of people use that word prevention, but it's like you can actually only help prepare the body in order. To keep the person as healthy for as long as possible um, mm-hmm. So I do that so I work in the East Village in the city um, And I take one-on-one clients there and I'm also expanding out towards Long Island I've been teaching um, some kin stretch classes if you haven't heard of kin stretch um, They do use uh, social media really well um, and it's a form. It's um, a group class of functional range conditioning so I utilize that and I've used everything I learned in school and mix it all up and teach people how to move better, but also feel better. And that's really um, what I like to focus on. What about you? What are you currently doing with your career? <laughs>
1: um, well, if you would have asked me yesterday, it would have been one answer. Uh-huh. And tomorrow it'll be a different one because <laughs> I'm switching switching jobs. Um, technically, uh, I loved my last job. Sorry, I just got bit. Um, <laughs> oh, no. I love my last job. And I'm going to like my current, my next one, but I just kind of needed a change in location um, due to this puppy that I got. So um, anyway, I am doing something similar to Alina. I worked in a sports rehab clinic and I'm going to be working in a physical therapy clinic um, as an athletic trainer, as well as at a secondary school as an athletic trainer. Um, So my job will be a little different at the school. I'll be working with kids. Um, I'm really hoping to get into their strength and conditioning program as well. Um, Yeah. Obviously, I have to kind of establish some relationships first with that. But as a as an athletic trainer in a secondary school, you're really, honestly, you just have to be a good communicator because you're in charge of keeping the kids safe, obviously. But there's a team that goes behind you with that. So there's obviously the coaches. There's the doctor you're working with. There's the physical therapist you're working with. There's the parents. There's the child. There's the teachers, administration, all of that. And um, that's something that I haven't been doing in my last job and I, I miss it a lot because you can get so much out of working with kids and they just, I don't know. I love being able to have a little piece of, um, impacting who they become as yeah. an adult, um, and impacting their character a little bit in a positive manner, obviously. Um, and yeah, so I'm excited about that. And then I'll also be working in a clinic doing rehab and I personally love, um, I love building resilience through rehab. So really not doing, you know, the typical corrective exercise maybe nice. beginning with that um because they can be so so amazing but i love sparking a patient's um kind of fire in movement so like you know not just doing rehab so that they can get better and then you know stop moving but really i love to light their passion and movement get them into strength training or body weight training or you know just understanding how their body works better because i think that education and empowerment are really going to make people get better and stay better rather than um, you know, just going to rehab every single time that they get injured or expecting soft tissue. Um, I think if you have a body, you're an athlete, no matter what age or activity level or, you know, level you are. So yeah. And I've actually, I've learned um, just kind of through, you know, self-experimentation and learning from mentors through bodybuilding and strong first, I've probably benefited the most, most as far as how I coach people through movement. Um, bodybuilding obviously you're you're working on isolating and being able to really engage a muscle um, and hold tension in that muscle, which can be really important if someone has quote unquote sleepy glutes or their core is sleepy, etc. Um, and then strong first, if no one has heard of it, is a kettlebell. Well, they're predominantly kettlebell. They have a barbell and a bodyweight certification, but. Um, they are probably the most well-respected hardstyle kettlebell certification. And that's what I got, um, last year actually. And honestly, it has hands down been one of the best tools that I've ever used, um, for coaching movement. And it's only with kettlebells, um, the cert that I did, but it applies well to body belt, body bells. <laughs> it applies <laughs> to body weight, it applies to barbells, it applies to pretty much everything. Um, and the concepts are taught in a way that you don't need to have like an extensive, anatomical or physiological background um so that's something i really like about it because you can become a coach uh without having a lot of background in that um and it's also it's performance and coaching based so i had to pass a lot of pretty intense physical tests that i had to work for months to train for and then also be able to coach and correct people through their own their own issues that they had so um it's a really amazing certification if anyone is interested in getting kettlebell certified um, or even just personal training certified because it's just, it's a great knowledge base. Yeah. Um, anyway, that it was a yeah. little bit of a tangent, no, but yeah, that's currently what I'm doing and I'm looking forward to starting tomorrow. I'm going to be pretty much just doing a bunch of paperwork, but after that I'm sure it's going to be great.
0: Yeah, no, I love the tangent. Um, I think it's interesting how you went into strong first because you, your background in bodybuilding and also your background going, growing up as doing volleyball and stuff is very different from strong first. So Mm -hmm. I just, it gives you a different taste of what's out there. And I think that that's really great. That's how you become better is to let yourself, try different things and learn from them. absolutely yeah
1: and, don't be a zealot if you're a zealot you're never gonna learn because yeah. you pretty much learn everything is wrong yeah. <laughs> once you start doing it long enough yeah. so yeah agreed and totally that's the same way i've been with nutrition too so yeah. you know both of you and i started i mean i had a little bit different understanding going into it but like we both started tracking macros and now neither of us are doing that and just kind of realizing that that can have a place right. for learning nutrition, but it's not necessarily ultimately the best thing in every situation because it can perpetuate bad habits, and it also 100%. can be kind of inaccurate. But it could also be a really good tool. I'm sure we'll get into that later.
0: Oh yeah, I would probably do a full episode on that because that's a yeah. that's a good one. Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's a place for so many different things, and just taking what you learn from different you know classes, courses, uh, and whatnot, and kind of putting it together. Um, I loved what you said before about, uh, you know, if you're a person and you have a body, you're an athlete. And I think what you were also saying about rehab, like uh, the way I like to look at rehab is it's a spectrum. Like you can, you know, you can always make people stronger and you can always make people better. And somebody comes in with an injury and yeah, you you make them feel better and they're out of pain, but like now what? And I think a lot of times um, in the physical therapy world, a lot of times because of the way insurance is set up. It's kind of, Mm -hmm. okay, now what? You're kind of done, you feel better, you're done. But to me and you, we both have this um, goal of, you're not done, you're never done. You're always getting better and you're always trying to make yourself better and we we can always help you become better and stronger and feel better um, because you really can always get better, Um, so.
1: I, I also that. got to give credit where credit is due. The person who originally said that quote was Bill Bowerman, who was the co-founder of Nike, and I've just always loved that quote. Um, if you have a body, you're an athlete. So I just it. gotta just gotta say that it was not me. I'm not a <laughs> not a genius, unfortunately, but I really just that quote just resonates with me so
0: much. Yeah, I love that. You do have some good Megan quotes, though.
1: So <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that later. Maybe yeah. not today. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway. Um, where do you live? You already said that. So I I guess I'll say where I live. Um, I live (laughs) in Tacoma, Washington, which is about 45. Well, depending on the time you leave 45 minutes South of Seattle, like 20 (laughs) miles. So, you know, traffic is pretty horrendous up here, um, with the mountains and the water. But yeah, so I, I grew up in Eastern Washington, a tiny little town called Pullman. Um, and, uh, my dad was a professor. It's a college town. So that's kind of how I was there. Um, so grew up there, and then I went across the state to Seattle for undergrad, and then I've traveled a lot. Um, I have a passion for travel. That's something else that makes me happy, uh, exploring the world. Yeah. I, uh, w- traveled, I studied abroad in Ecuador when I was an undergrad, and then after undergrad, I put off grad school so that I could go and be a nanny in New Zealand because I always wanted to go there, and I was like, you know... Probably not going to be able to do this after I graduate and have a ton of student loans and need to get a job. So that's kind of where I've been. Um, I always knew with everywhere I've gone, the Pacific Northwest has been hands down my favorite place that I've ever lived. Um, So I knew that I would always want to come back here. Yeah, get
0: bitten on the foot by my dog. You oh, love it so much, okay. you're trying to get me to come out there all the time. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I do love the Pacific okay. Northwest. It is beautiful, and if you've never been there, I totally recommend it. Um, and the hikes are unreal, and there's mountains, and it's unreal. It's beautiful. Um, yes, it is. I'll give a little synopsis of me. Um, I grew up on Long Island, which is in New York. Um, it is very close to manhattan i live about 40 minutes away on the train to manhattan so i always grew up going to manhattan um that was just part of how uh i grew up we used to go there all the time every on the weekends and stuff um after i graduated high school i went to a smaller school in upstate new york um, called suny Cortland. um it's a state university of new york at Cortland. um new york has like 50 state universities so it's a very um there's just a lot of them, and it's a great situation. It's a great deal for living in New York. Um, and I studied, I got my Bachelor of Science in Kinesiology, um, which is basically studies of movement, study studying the body. Um, and then after Cortland, well, I did gymnastics growing up, like I said, and then I also did gymnastics on a club team in Cortland, and that was an amazing experience. And towards my end of lifting... I ended up, or sorry, towards the end of doing gymnastics, I started getting into lifting. So I got into lifting at Cortland. After Cortland, I went into uh, the athletic training program at University of Arkansas, where we met. And um, then after Arkansas, did that for about two-ish years, moved back home, tried to, you know, kind of figure out what I was doing and ended up working in Manhattan, um, establishing my business there. So yeah, it's been pretty awesome, but, um, okay. Uh, what is your favorite quality about me? And then I'll do favorite quality about you. She's just asking for flattery.
1: Okay. Um, my favorite quality about you, honestly, is your passion. Um, it can, well, you can be a little bit like, (laughs) squirrely at times as far as your attention span but you seriously (laughs) when you are passionate about something everyone else knows it because you just you fixate on it and you learn all about it and you teach people about it you can just you can feel it like when you were teaching me kin stretch stuff or pri stuff or you know just working through things that maybe what's great is we a lot of the time are dealing with the same issues but we have two kind of different sides of the coin as far as how our brains work and how we would correct like a patient or a client um So, yeah, that's my favorite thing about you, and you're funny even though you don't try to be. Usually when you try to be, you're not funny.
0: Yeah. Um, (laughs) But when you're not trying, you're pretty hilarious. It's really, really true. Like, so on point. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think it's funny. We definitely see things differently, and I think it really complements us. But also in a friendship standpoint, too. We see situations very differently, so I think it really complements our friendship. Um, Okay, so my favorite thing, quality in you, is your grit and determination. Like, you are unbelievable. You will fight through anything. You don't give a damn. You will just fight. You'll always fight for whatever you want. Um, When you have your eyes set on something, you're going to go after it, like, actually like a tiger. That's just the animal that, you know, your kind of spirit animal. But, um, yeah, you're... You, you'll set your goal on something. You have an intention and you have a clear reason as to why you're going for whatever that goal is. And you go all in. You always do. And you do it very logically. You don't do it blindly. And that is something that mm. it inspires me. So I love it. I, I love that part I guess. Thanks,
1: Yay. thanks. I try to be very logical. I think sometimes I can be a little bit too practical.
0: Um, you yeah, are definitely yeah. practical. But I think I'll, I'll give you the – side that's not as practical.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we can balance each other out. Okay, and final question because my puppy is spazzing out and I'm not gonna be able to stand still much longer. Um, What inspires you every day, Alina?
0: That is a hard question. Um, Honestly, the people I meet around me and just the people in my life, they inspire me, they push me to keep going. Um, Just knowing that other people want the best for me as much as they want the best for themselves Um, and just my closest friends, I think they inspire me, my family and friends. What about you? What inspires you? What pushes you?
1: Um, If I look back at like what makes me most happy about my work that I do, honestly, it's, I mean, even not even my work, it it can be somewhere like at Starbucks. If, Mm -hmm. you know, I see someone pay for the person buying their coffee or I pay for someone buying coffee, just like, showing people like that you're paying attention to something other than your device that's attached to your hand. Um, in my job, I, what inspires me most is having a patient just thrive, like seeing them go from scared and feeling inadequate or feeling unconfident or feeling, you know, just like they don't even have ownership or control over their own health and their life and going to like, even seeing just like a glimmer of hope and letting them know that like, someone is in their corner, um, making people feel worth it. I, I think that probably inspires me the most. Um, cause that's something that I've found with, with strength training, I think, um, we'll get into more like the bodybuilding stuff and for you, the weight training, yeah. um, weightlifting, uh, more like what our journey mentally, even not just physically through that has been, but, oh, sure. um, with, with strength training, I've found that especially like Not just as a woman, but as a human, I think that it's so empowering to be able to set, like you said, set a goal and systematically Mm -hmm. go about it and kind of hack through all of the issues that you're going through, um, whether it's injury or just like movement imbalances, um, and just problem solving and being patient and actually having like a process that you take and not just like throwing in the towel when it gets difficult or being, you know, spazzing out and changing your plan because things are not necessarily you're not seeing the end results that you want yet because progress is not linear. Um, so yeah, that that for myself inspires me, is just like setting a goal and achieving it, and then helping other people achieve their goals. Honestly, that's the biggest thing that keeps me going and gets me passionate.
0: That's amazing. I love that. I agree, 100%. All right, well, this was fun. There will be more. So we will continue recording, and there will be a lot more on expanding this podcast. Um, if you have and your doggy is definitely wanting to
1: continue walking.
0: I'm sorry. I started to move. Hopefully the wind is not, you can't hear the wind, but he started
1: biting me and he would not stop. So (laughs) he needs to eat breakfast.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, we're going to continue recording. And if you have any questions, you can message us on our Instagram. Um, the information to our Instagram is in the title underneath the information for this podcast. Um, Yeah. So, all right. Well, we'll talk soon. (laughs) All right. Talk to you later, Kenner. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Move Your Brain, Move Your Body podcast. Please join us next week when we interview Hannah Osmond and ask her a ton of questions about bodybuilding, nutrition, and being a female entrepreneur. Subscribe or leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. If you have topics or questions you'd like us to cover, please shoot us a message on Instagram, either at Alina Kanner or at megz 72 Thanks for listening.